1: ask you a question. How does your favourite song make you feel? Music affects and changes people's lives. It invokes memories, the first gig you went to, the first record you bought, that song from your school days, or the song you danced to at your wedding, or even your first kiss. It gets you through the worst times and the best of times. Music has always played an important part in my life. First and foremost, I'm a music fan but I've been lucky enough to have interviewed some of the biggest names in music, combining my career with my passion. Each week, I chat to some of my favourite artists to talk about the tracks of their lives and more. I'm Kylie Olsen, and this is Music and Me. Ask anyone about this guy, and they will without a doubt say... All right, OK, change that some more. Ask any woman about this guy and they will say what the one with the lovely shiny hair and the luscious lips and the black and white video from the 90s however if you're into music and if you're listening to this podcast and i guess you are then you will know that nuno bettencourt is one of the most underrated guitarists out there he was put in front of our radar in the 90s with his band extreme and the ballad more than words blew them up big time However, if you dig a little bit deeper, you'd soon realize that this wasn't a true reflection of the band, who were actually quite heavy. Um, Still playing with extreme. and he's also Rihanna's musical director. Nuno Betancourt proves there's so much more to him than that song. What was the first song you bought? Have a think.
2: The first song I bought was a 45 of Gary Newman's Cars.
1: Oh really? Yes.
2: Being the youngest of ten kids, you have a lot of albums you don't have to buy. So the physically purchased Gary Newman. Don't know why. I actually always love that track. I still do. But it's kind of. and uh, there's no guitar in there. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: I heard that you didn't start off as a guitarist. So you started off as a drummer.
2: You heard correct. Who told you that?
1: Ah, my little that, spy. That, that wiki guy? Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Actually, it was
1: a friend of mine that told me that.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was obsessed with drums, yeah. It was drums.
1: Why? Why the drums?
2: Because it's the most fun instrument in rock and roll, period. I still prefer to play drums with a guitar. Still. Any chance, every time people ask me to jam or do and come and play up songs, I'm just like, if you let me play drums, I'll play the whole night. Have no you problem.
1: have you ever, ever appeared on um, a track? Of, uh, extreme. On the extreme? Did you? Pass oh no! Is on that extreme? what you're asking? Yeah, basically, have you ever no. drummed on a track no. that's made it onto a record?
2: No, I have never drummed on many tracks. You haven't. No.
1: <laughs> he says, shaking his head, yes.
2: No, 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 no. No. That was a, that was a for your eyes only. You just you just dubbed me in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, ah, uh, you know. I, I look. I'm a, I, I used to write all the extreme stuff on drums first, anyway. So a lot of it came from there.
1: Not many people do that. You don't normally write songs on drums.
2: I know, but sometimes I would write over a groove, especially if if the band is a bit funkier at times, like we are. So the groove was always important.
1: So you've never made it onto a track like someone because you you've played with some fantastic people. Yes, I have. Um, but you've never managed like, to on album to squeeze yourself on as a drummer.
2: No, not on not on not on album. You know, there, there, there's some rumors out there on an extreme album. You might hear me somewhere here and there, but uh, they're just rumors. <laughs> 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 but uh, but uh, but no, I mean live, of course. I've jumped yeah. up and played. Uh, you know. With people that they don't know that I'm doing I just kick off the drummer Like recently I was in Asia And I don't know if you know who Mr. Zach Wild is but uh, Yes I do He was out in the crowd doing his thing And doing a little, um, a little Black Sabbath tune And I just went up to the drummer and tapped him And kicked him off the kit And Zach had no idea it was that good
1: <laughs> He had no idea by
2: the time he came back And he was supposed to end the song with the drummer And he looked up at me And uh, he was in shock It was pretty funny But that uh, was fun
1: and you played with Zach with your gener- Generation X. Yes, yes. Yeah. Was that what you were doing? That was just what
2: we were doing in Asia, yeah.
1: So, what's that like being in a, a super group of that?
2: It's hell. It's, <laughs> who wants to hear that much guitar? I don't, and I'm a guitar player. I
1: do. I, I love would, it.
2: I would never go to that show. Are you kidding me?
1: Come on, So, you've got what? Steve Vai? Yeah,
2: um, it's uh, Steve Vai, myself, uh, Zach Wilde. There's this younger, the newer generation kid from a band called Animals as Leaders, uh, Tosin or is his name. Then we get the, the ever so regal Ingve uh, Malmsteen, mm-hmm. who's uh, it was interesting. But I, you know these these sort of guitar things have been done in the past. G threes they called them. Steve yeah. I, Joe Strummer, and I was asked a couple of times, but I never did it because I never. Let's ask these guys what they think. I've never had uh, instrumental albums out, so I thought nobody wants to hear me sing songs, and but apparently they do. Apparently it was it, it works. It's actually probably a yeah. highlight for them because I get to interrupt all the, the getting paid by the note part of the evening.
1: <laughs> so what was um, the track that made you pick up the guitar?
2: I'm not exactly sure because I kind of had a brother, well, kind of, he was my brother, that was an incredible guitar player and still is an incredible guitar player, yeah. Mr. Louis Betancourt. And every time my friends or anybody hear him, they go, oh, I see, where well, you stole everything from. So he kind of, he was my first kind of idol. Okay. Like, you know, guitar hero, so to speak. Cool. You know, have got a bit of an age gap. I'm the youngest of 10 kids, but he was one of the older brothers. And I used to just follow him around every, watch him, be in awe of him, and then I kind of wanted to be like him. And then it was more, then it was Aerosmith and Zeppelin and Queen, Queen was a big one, so it was those guitar players that came. But he was the initial one that made me pick pick the thing up.
1: And did he give you lessons?
2: He tried. The reason I actually became a pretty well, I'm still working on a, a half decent guitar player is because he tried to teach me. I wanted to learn, and he would give me two or three chords a week. And then by the end of the week, I'm supposed to he's supposed to see how I'm going. And I was terrible. I didn't practice. Lazy. I was playing sports. I was I was just wanted to play football.
1: That's unusual for a musician to be a sportsman.
2: It was a sportsman that was trying to be a musician.
1: <laughs> That's why. That's usual.
2: That's you No, honestly, I was playing like football, meaning I guess soccer in the US, but I was obsessed with football because I wanted to play football for Portugal, for my country. Mm-hmm. That never happened. Three knee surgeries later, but I had, had it was promising. So then I just, uh, yeah, I started playing and then started doing less sports after the injuries.
1: So we go from the drums, we go to the guitar.
2: No. Um, and we went to the bass. Did you go to the bass? <laughs> then we did a little bit of keyboards. Then we had a guitar and I just finally gave in. Let's do a guitar. But uh, yeah, no, I, that's why with Extreme, those guys love me because I would just give them the song finished mm. from top to bottom to go, great. Thanks yeah. for that. Appreciate it.
1: And so your brother obviously, you know, got you interested in playing the guitar where, I mean, what did your what did your parents think of you becoming a musician? Were they, were they keen on that?
2: At that point, well, my dad played like 11 instruments. My mom sang a bit, so it wasn't even a surprise. There was just instruments everywhere. You almost had, didn't have a choice. It's not like anybody asked you to do it or forced you to do mm. it. You just did it. You just picked it up. There was keyboards around. There was guitars. There were basses around. So you just kind of, everybody did it. It's one of those things with musical homes. So you... It's it's the other stuff that you did was like what you you want to do what you yeah. want to be a dentist what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah. it's the opposite.
1: So as you grew up with so much music around you, what was the 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 one artist that makes you think of home and your family?
2: The one artist, artist,
1: or song, yeah. or song mm. that
2: made me um, one of the, well, I, probably anything Beatles would do because yeah. as a most probably American families would if they if they had any music in them at all they would probably sing christmas songs at christmas time we had the beatles catalog and we would just open it and everybody played three or four guitars and we would just sing beatles all night everything all the whole catalog so that was a big that was more like the bible of the whole thing it's not it wasn't it's hard to say it was an influence or it's something i remember it was almost just what you grew up with it was like having dinner it was just yeah. normal you know but, uh, but I think uh, one of the probably the first songs I learned on guitar was a moody blues, <laughs> moody blues song called Nights in White Satin.
1: I know that song.
2: And uh, it was an easy one to learn on, on guitar, you know, acoustic guitar, so I learned that first. And that's the one where, you know, when I knew, wow, I played this song, you know, from front to back, I'm like, I might actually kiss a girl. This might actually work. I might actually get a date somewhere <laughs> at some campfire or at somebody's... <laughs> It didn't. It didn't happen for me. So that. that it, so
1: that put the fire in your belly. You were that like, hang it, on, that did, that did. I and could be smart here. Yeah, pick up the guitar. I'm gonna get the girls. Get
2: the girls. But instead, I didn't get the girls. And instead, I just learned more and more songs and got less of the girls and locked myself in my room for 18 hours a day and became a guitar player. Nights in white satin, never reaching the end.
1: And then More Than Words came out, out, and uh, the you got the girls.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what happened? They all came later. I mean, it was they shut up. But look, it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait.
1: What does that song mean to you now? All these years later, like, was it 20 odd, 25, 26, 25, 27 years? 25,
2: 26, something like that. You're right. Uh, what does it mean? You know, it's interesting, you know, doing press earlier today, That that's a good way to ask the question. You're probably one of the few who've asked it. What does it mean to you? Because the, the the question, which is bizarre, that's asked the exact same way as they go more than words. So it's like it's like it's like where it's like the presidential debate the way they ask it. more than words, blessing or a curse. I, I really. Yeah, yeah. That's everybody says it's a blessing or a curse, and I'm and I say okay, that's interesting because I'm, I know what they mean. I know. I'm is it not, like
1: an albatross? I'm not around? offended,
2: meaning, like, it's like, is it? I think people think that, you know, when I ask them why, they think it's, oh, it's not really you guys, you know, you're a rock band. And I'm like, no, I say, you're completely wrong. I mean, you, I wrote the song. We wrote the song. It's on the album for a reason. It wasn't because we were embarrassed of it or ashamed of <laughs> yeah. it or, or scared of it. And, but the, the interesting about thing about Mother Words it, it's written as simplistic and as easily as the other ones were written. It was written on a porch and it took about 10 minutes and it was done. And it went on an album. And what makes it a hit is that it gets released. If it never gets released as a single, it's not a hit, correct? Yeah. And it's on the album, so for it to become a hit, somebody has to, the audience has to make that happen. The record company has to release. The record company did not want to release it. They said to me, they looked me in the eye, and they said, "It's not a hit."
1: (laughs) Seriously. That's why you gotta love record labels, right? Yeah,
2: and like that's who's your whole career is in their hands. And my manager said, "It's not a hit." And when I think back, I kind of understand why. If you listen to that song and that thing's gonna come out in ninety? Was it 90? Yeah, ninety? Yeah. So. There was no acoustic music on the radio. No. Zero.
1: And it's a very yeah, it's a very stripped back song. Yeah, it's
2: it? stripped back and not only that, there was no format on the radio. Like all the all the rock bands or metal bands at the time had these big power ballads with big drums, mm-hmm. cannons, and it was, you know, and they were looking at us like, What do you want me to do with this thing? There's two guys sitting on stools sitting a song. And by the way, the song really doesn't have here comes the big sing-along hook it was just two voices meandering nobody knew what the chorus was nobody was what are we supposed to sing when it, when, what does everybody sing so everybody. Yeah. So when we started playing everybody sang everything because there was never like okay here's the big sing-along so it was an odd song I can imagine a scary song for them to go like yeah we're going to put all this money into it and it's going to yeah. be a hit they didn't know what to do with it this is pre-MTV unplugged so you know Yeah, so we we brought it back.
1: This is Kylie Olsen, and you're listening to Music and Me. Coming up, we're going to be continuing my conversation with Nuno Bettencourt and find out what this is all about.
2: Because this was at the height of extreme. The last thing you want to do is crash a wedding where they're like having the one, the moment that can't be repeated, and this guy goes, hey, I'm over here. You is all you have to do to make real.
1: So what does it mean to you then now?
2: Look, it's it's uh, you know, the, the blessing of the curse uh, question against answers I go we we write it, we put it on the album, it's a single, we it goes to number one worldwide. It turns everybody else on to the rock stuff. We we do festivals. I'm here today with you still. We're, you know, five albums later, whatever it is, and, you know, got a decent house, all that stuff. Or it's not a hit, the curse side, and I'm working at Burger King, serving you fries, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me as a musician, when 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 you're in a rehearsal space, any band that started out would dream, give any body part, anything to have any song of theirs connect mm-hmm. to anyone like that song did yeah i don't care if it's you know enter sandman by metallica I, you know that what they feel that it connects with an audience like yeah. that yeah. so has it,
1: has it changed what it means to you though over the years like what, i mean i don't what was it about anyone in particular or was it about a certain period in time? Um, and so when you performed that song in the beginning, it, you had those emotions. Cry, we cry, yeah. And then, and then now it's kind of, it probably has changed you no? Know, you know what, no? it was
2: actually a very simple, it, I would love to have some great story about this special person that it was about. And no. But it was actually, it was it was about relationships that we were in that, of the, the I love you term. Mm. People were throwing it out like confetti. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, I love you. I love my dog. I love... You know, and we were just so that we, you know, it was, we there was all these. I would see like relationships, with my older brothers and sisters, where they, you would see them tell each other, "I love you," but then they would yell at each other for the ninety-nine percent of the rest of the day and treat each other like shit. And I'm like, it doesn't mean anything if you say anything. You got to yeah. show it. You got to express it. It's it's about who you are. And I don't want to get you know, like you know, everybody knows this. It's 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 actually pretty clear what you have to do not that everybody does it but yeah. so it was it was that simple it's showing it that rather than basic. saying it. It's it
1: words are empty aren't they if you do yeah
2: don't, you know you it's you know
1: indeed um so okay i so wish it was
2: deeper it isn't it isn't much well, i
1: think that's quite good i think that's that's quite deep <laughs>
2: it's the basics it's the fundamentals that yeah. we you know relationships exactly
1: develop. so what so so did you notice a difference in the ladies after that
2: uh i there were more of them for sure i mean look
1: it's the music video i think that helped i remember watching it as a kid (laughs) and going holy crap
2: holy crap look at that guy's guitar skills look at his his finger pinking i
1: remember thinking i loved your hair
2: (laughs) i'm getting
1: getting creepy now i'm sorry you're not you're
2: not because that was the most asked question in any interview by guys or girls was like what do you what what conditioner are you using uh, I'd be like, I just don't blow dry my hair, and I uh,
1: Na- oh natural, darling. Yeah. yeah, but
2: um, yeah, that that helped. Uh, I'm surprised that I didn't get approached to do any hair commercials or any, any like you know like head and shoulders or something. that. Totally you yeah,
1: missed I, a trick there.
2: Yeah, I, bad management. I should have been. I should have definitely been doing a whole campaign.
1: My God, um, but you see. Extreme broke the UK before you broke America, didn't you? you sort yes. Of kinet- it sort of hit but a But cor- we didn't break universe. with more than
2: words here. No, it was, it was get, get the, the funk fun out. out. Yeah, correct.
1: exactly. Why do you, th- you think that was?
2: Thank God. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think uh, we had a problem with get the funk out in the US on radio
1: because it the, sounded just like a sw- swear. Yes. Yeah.
2: We have the whole Bible belt issue to deal with, and people are calling in complaining. And I think they pulled it. They had to pull it because everybody thought we were saying, get the fuck out. And then I remember telling Sebastian that story, so he wrote a story, uh, Skid Row wrote a song, get, get the fuck out, because I told him that story. And, uh, but let's go back to get the fuck out. Yeah, it broke here, and it was amazing, because when we came here, I think we were more respected as musicians, players, rock yeah. band, and, and then More Than Words was just a follow-up to that. And it still, I think it went to number two here, because I, goddamn Brian Adams' song,
1: uh, anything what was it? I'll Do, i Do Robin for Love. Hood, the Robin Hood anything track. Anything I'll Do, I'll Do for Love, yeah. Is it that one? Is it
2: every, Everything, every, everything, I, do, everything, everything I, do, I Do, Everything I Do, Everything I Do, I do, I do, do yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then we ended up touring with him in the UK, and uh, I bitched at him for months about that, like, thanks for not letting us go to number one in the UK. It happened everywhere else but here. Yeah.
1: Damn. But, uh, Damn but you know what? The cool
2: thing about that song is it. it's, um, it's become a bit of a, a standard in the... In, in i don't know about here but in america like in the karaoke world in the wedding world yeah those times not too long ago we were um or even at that period we'd be on tour and i'd come down a hotel like this come down at 3 p.m for breakfast and come downstairs and i'd be walking by this exact hall except to be like kind of like those little um what we call it, function halls yeah and then you would hear you would see a sign that said groom bride and groom and And the doors were shut, but you'd hear something familiar. And I'd be like, wow, what's going on here? And I'd open the door just a bit, and there would be the bride and groom dance, first dancing more than once. And it was just like, I would just, should I walk, should I go in? Yes. No, I would just close the door and go, my work is done here. (laughs) And I would just keep walking
1: been so funny if it would have, have crashed, been amazing it would have been amazing but i didn't want to cake. take
2: away from like their, their like oh wow it's you know because this was at the height of extreme the last thing you want to do is crash a wedding where they're like having the one the moment they can't yeah. be repeated and this guy goes hey i'm over here and <laughs> i'm the original guy who's saying that and
1: yeah. i would have liked to have seen that
2: yeah i wish i could go back i'd do it now i'd be a fuck him. i'd do it
1: can you remember what you were listening to during that period in your life
2: during the during the por-
1: to, when you yeah d- during pornography wow. what were That's you what were you question. listening?
2: That's a good question. You know when I I know when I'm when I was writing a lot I remember when I was writing I didn't listen to a lot of music on purpose. Hmm. But um, I think I was listening to a lot of Aerosmith at that time. Going through the Aerosmith catalog and quite a bit of Queen, quite a bit of Queen I think.
1: You liked quite a lot of the British bands, didn't you? So, you mentioned Queen, yeah, Zeppelin. <laughs> Not, yeah, Aerosmith's one of yours from Boston. Yeah,
2: yeah, from Boston. But yeah, look, Zeppelin, you know, I don't even look, I didn't think of it that way, you know, British or American, but to, to me, it's, it's the, the greatest rock band for me is always going to be Zeppelin, as far as rock goes. And the greatest pop band was always the Beatles. Everybody else falls somewhere in the middle. They're like the pages of the Bible for me. You know what I mean? They don't even, I don't even have to say who the greatest rock band was. It's just, that's them to me.
1: Yeah, I get that, because they're mine too.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just because of everything they've done, the catalogue, the, the stuff that they did through the years. And it's the same thing with the Beatles for the, for the pop side, more of the pop side. Yeah. Obviously, there's amazing The Queens and Van Halen's for me and Aerosmith and uh, Radiohead. And they're all freaking British bands. What's, what, what am I doing?
1: What are you doing? You need to get over here. They're
2: good songwriters, you know? You, you use people.
1: What's, um, what's your favorite Zeppelin song?
2: Song? You can't ask me that.
1: I know. It's a hard one, isn't it?
2: You know, one of them that always... And this is going to suck because I wrote more than words, but now I can see where it's all coming full circle. Going to California was always one of my favorite tracks. I was just... I remember when I was young and I heard that it really affected me. It, 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 uh, It was ingrained, you know, kind of burnt an image in me. And I still hear it now, and I still get that same feeling when I hear it. Spend my days with a woman and kind, smoke my stove and drink all my wine. But we were talking about this on the bus a few, a few days ago. We were in Germany, and it was uh, Gary's birthday yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. The day before was two days before that was Pat's. They, and all, all the other guys have their birthdays in one week Paul, Pat, and Gary. <laughs> it's
1: expensive for you. Now, when you're
2: you're in chore, you don't buy anybody. Any. You, I ain't got time to go shopping. You know, just a little birthday cake, sing a song. But uh, we were we were breaking down all these bands that we that we've loved, and how we're still playing them in the dressing room now, and we still feel the exact same way. Whether it's the Police, whether it's Van Halen, whether it's Aerosmith, whether it's Queen, the greatest bands, Zeppelin. They don't they don't age like that. They still make you feel, give you still the goosebumps in certain parts that you hear and. It's incredible how it doesn't change. You would think you'd be over it by now.
1: Not great music. No. It, it stays, lasts. It
2: stays, yeah. It definitely lasts. Shelf life. It's a Twinkie. Yeah. It's like a Twinkie.
1: A Twinkie? Do they last yeah. forever?
2: You should get the Twinkie Awards. should be a new award show called the Twinkie. <laughs> we bronze the Twinkie, an actual Twinkie. Well,
1: there you go. Let's
2: start it. I'll, I'll host it with you. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it totally. Twinkie out. Awards. The Twinkie Awards.
2: Yeah. If I see you guys doing the Twinkie Awards next year and I'm not fucking part of this, I will You're sue. You're going to sue us, aren't I'll you? do what every American does, <laughs> every right, to You're, sue. You'll sue. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Um, so what What are you listening to at the moment?
2: What am I listening to at the moment? I've been writing again a lot. We're doing a new album, and I'm producing three other albums, three other young artists, because I... Started this uh, multimedia company last year. Yeah. Called Atlantis Entertainment. Signed three young artists that I that I'm kind of developing from the ground up. And I, all I've been doing is producing and writing these records with them. But uh, music-wise, music-wise, not so much in uh, in the new. A little bit of a little Ed Sheeran. New okay. Album, little Ed Sheeran. Um, as far as new, you know, sometimes I you, I don't know if it's newer stuff, but yeah, I've been going. I've been going back a little bit. I've been listening to Van Halen a long time, and I've been doing it lately.
1: Have you? What? what it's like a what confession. Hale, I'm what, sorry. Come on, give Forgive me a Van Forgive me, Hale. Father, for her sin.
2: <laughs> The Fair Warning album was the album that um, changed the way I, my guitar song and the way I played. It was their least successful album, Nova, and uh, but it was it, it's it's that's the album that kind of messed me up. Me.
1: At night I this street past the my block same same old faces and I hear that same old that You say you're starting to produce some new bands. Why have you wanted to do that? I don't know.
2: It's, it's, I should just be sitting in a pool somewhere and retired. Yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't want to go through that. We pit. don't
1: want you to retire.
2: No, but uh, it, it's there. It's just because we started this company, and I've been wanting to do that for a while. I want to tour a little bit less. Do Not that we've like, been doing a lot. Do you
1: like touring then, or do you find I've that always it loved
2: touring? But you know what, it. Uh, being the old man that I am now, it's I, I'd like to be home a little bit more. It just, it's just, it's a lo- You know, it's one of those things. It's, it's, not, it's not just me. I remember, and I thought I, we were bad by saying, "Man, can we just keep it like two months, three months at a time?"
1: At a time, I, yeah. See, that's
2: intense, not, and that's, but that's long.
1: That is extremely we, long. But we
2: used to do, we used to do, eighteen months, six, eight months at a time. Take a week off. Do that's what we used to do way back when burn out like that but I remember we, we did a festival not too long ago where Pearl Jam was there and I was talking to Eddie Vedder I was like so how much much more you gotta go oh we're we're going home tomorrow I'm like oh your tour's over you've been out for a long time nah we did a week and now we're going home
1: yeah that's perfect
2: like a week week off week on week off yeah I could relate to that relate.
1: so cause you you work with Rihanna as well
2: yeah and that took it back to f- fucking touring yeah like long touring yeah. these kids these Rihanna kids
1: and what's she like five to work tours
2: with- she's, she's great she's great she's only slapped me at least two three times <laughs> and uh, because I wouldn't smoke weed with her but besides that no no not, that, those are all lies she's amazing um, great experience she never saw one diva moment out of her she was always super sweet I always had a good relationship with her. I, you know, became her MD, her musical director. Mm. So I had to, you know, work closely with her a lot. And she was pretty, pretty basic stuff like me and you right now. Yeah. Pretty, pretty basic. Yeah, sure. She was seemed very unaffected. You know, she she, she built her own world. She's in her own world in there. And um
1: did you wonder how your music would fit into? Um
2: I wasn't laughing at that. <laughs> I was laughing at the dirty version of what you just said, but keep going.
1: What was the dirty version? No, what did I say? No, no, no. Did you wonder how... Did you wonder how
2: you would fit into... Uh, <laughs> 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 You're such a dirty I, d- I mind. do wonder. I did wonder for many years. No, no, no. She... I oh,
1: what? Would you, you, know, like no, you, know, you know what? It, no, what no, 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 What are you saying? What are you revealing? Yeah, no.
2: no, but the but the, the, no, the, truth, the truth on, is, is like, I'll, I'll answer your question. I got, when I got the call to do it from a friend of mine who was, who was her music director said, the first thing I said was, why? Why would you want me to perform with this girl? There is no guitar. Yeah, that's what I
1: was going to say. And he
2: said, Yeah, that's why she wants you to do it. She saw some clips of you, and she th- thinks you're cool, and likes your hair in that video, that one video, and uh,
1: <laughs> and she wants to ask the, you shampoo what shampoo and conditioner you yeah. use. Yeah.
2: But uh, she, but she. Uh, she wanted the show, the live show, to be a bit more rock and roll, a little bit heavier. And, and so I said, so I get, to, I get to take her songs and ruin all of them the way I want. They go, mm. all yours. Wow. Same rig, play them harder, play them heavier. And I remember it was great. It was fun to take all these great songs out. Because I was a fan.
1: Oh, were you, know, you? I was. You know, okay. I,
2: I actually knew all her stuff, you know, and I thought, okay, cool. So to take some of these, like, hits like Umbrella and Crazy Songs and make them add power chords and and she loved it and live it was so much more so much sorry so much more aggressive you know, we're not singing so
1: yeah so what was the one if you if there was one track or you could only take one track to live to listen to for the rest of your life what would it be
2: it'd be more than words <laughs> so i could die listening to a song that i know would kill me the song itself would kill me if i have to play it one more fucking time uh, no it would um
1: i say yes yeah <laughs> uh
2: what would it be one song i can only listen to one you song I only
1: listen to one song forever that's
2: it oh it would be beds too big without you by the police and on repeat i think i could do that one why i don't know i just never get sick of that song because <laughs> it'd have to be a song we can get sick of right yeah it's not it's not my favorite is that what you're asking? Like, what my favorite song is? No, would
1: be? I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm asking okay. you that, and that's a good, good answer, really.
2: Yeah. And I thought if I was listening to this one song and that's all I had, there's a pretty good chance I'm by myself, you know, uh, on an island somewhere where the world has ended and I'm the only one left, and that's the only song left. So maybe the bed's too big without you because I would be by myself. It's almost sad. I'm almost going to start crying now. Don't cry. Okay, I won't.
1: Well, that's it for Music and Me. Nuno Bettencourt, what a dude. I tell you what, ladies, he's still quite hot as well. Sorry, I'm just going to help myself. I kept it professional. I did indeed. Now, if you uh, like the show, get in touch, tell your mates about it. Let me know as well who you think I should get on the show. Um, And you can do that by going on Twitter and Instagram at Kylie Olsen.
2: Music and Me is produced by The Podcast Works and OneSum Media.